0: Welcome to this edition of Michael's Weekly Perspective Podcast. This is podcast episode 20. In this podcast, I am pleased to have my friend Emma into the studio and talk about online schools. That's all for this edition, and stay tuned. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this edition of Michael's Weekly Perspective Podcast. This is the 20th episode. Can't you believe that this podcast is now in its 20th episode? Thank you for those of you who offered me advice and comments on my podcast. I really appreciate it. The more advice you offered to me, the better the podcast that I produce for you listeners. This is a great exchange, and I really love it. Keep offering me good advice. On how to podcast. And I will do my best. To produce. A great podcast. For you listeners. Thank you so much. To get hold of this podcast. You have two ways. One is to call the listener line. And that number is 404 923 And the other way. Is to write me an email. And that email address is. M-U-N-N. M-I-C-H-A-E-L. 6-8 at gmail.com. M-U-N-N-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-6-8 at gmail.com. School has officially started in many states in the United States. I know my school has started for three weeks already. If you started school, wish you the best of luck. And hopefully you are not being pressured by lack of computer skills. This is not a thing to be ashamed of. Trust me, when I first got my laptop in 2015, I do not know how to browse the web, including not knowing how to use JAWS, which is the screen reader that blind people from all over the world uses these days. I self-taught myself how to use the basic of JAWS screen reader, and I also learned from a specialist Her name is dr denise robinson she's a great teacher that i ever had in my entire life on assistive technology really really nice lady today it is also the 19th anniversary of the 9 11 attack as we move forward to this podcast let us pause for a moment of silence to memorize those lives that were taken away by the tragedy. Today in the studio to talk about online schools, I am delighted to have my friend, Emma. Emma, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. My name is Emma Irvine. I'm a senior at Clark County this year. Um, And Michael and I, we went to school together for a year or two and then again in middle school. So it's, I've known you since like seventh grade now.
0: Oh, right. Yes. That's about the same. And I left Clark County for good amount of three years and I came back and Mm -hmm. you have started school, right? Yes. Before we start the discussion of online school, let me share this article that I just read to you listeners. A student in Georgia is removed from three of his fall semester classes because the program that his school is using is inaccessible to blind and visually impaired computer users. Of course, at the Georgia Academy for the Blind, we use this program called Microsoft Teams, and it's kind of in between of accessible and inaccessible. And I wonder what program does Clark County uses for their online schooling system?
1: We're using Google Meets, um, and then the Google Classroom as always.
0: Clark County has been a Google school since 2018, Mm
1: -hmm. if I
0: remember correctly. What was the first day looks like uh, for students? I know a lot of panic before the school starts.
1: We're still definitely trying to figure out how to make everything work and and how to have things run smoothly. Um, Because as you can imagine, having the whole school system and and everyone in the county being online, uh, with the exception of some of the younger children who have the option of doing a hybrid um oh it's crazy and the internet is so patchy and all the bandwidth is spread thin and um but but we're making it work and and the teachers i gotta give them props they're doing an amazing job trying to keep all this uh running and and going smoothly very impressed with them
0: when i was in clark county a lot of people on that facebook page mentioned that clark county is a county that internet broadband cannot be distributed equally
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's something that we're definitely seeing now uh, that so many people are virtual. Um, A lot of dropping out of the calls and having to rejoin. Um, So it's definitely still patchy, but I'm I'm really happy with the way that it's turned out as compared to last quarter, when uh, Corona was sprung up on us and we suddenly went uh, online.
0: Oh, that's the same as the Georgia Academy for the Blind, that the day before, They were planning their schedule as normal as it can be. And then the next day, they were told to pack everything up and leave.
1: Exactly, and I can't even imagine how hard that must be on an educator to just instantly change all of their school plans. Uh, But I give them props.
0: That's good that you gave them credit. And let's bring back the internet issue. Due to the unequal distribution of internet broadband, Many places at Clark County, as far as I have read, offered uh, facilities that paid for their internet services to students who are struggling of accessing internet. And yes. how does that um, go?
1: We have some designated times, they're called internet cafes. Uh, and they're basically like a, a set time period, I wanna say like five to seven, I, I might be completely wrong on that. Um, but it's a set period of time that you can come to one of the schools and then social distance, and still be able to get done some of your work that you couldn't do um, if if you have bad internet at home. Uh, so I'm I'm really thankful they do give that option to to people who need it because there's a lot of people who live up in the mountains uh, oh. where where their Wi-Fi connection isn't great.
0: For sure. Yes. Yeah. My family faced that issue of unequal distribution of internet broadband.
1: Yeah, now it's even harder, too, with corona and all the procedures for, you know, keeping safe and keeping distances. And, yeah, it's it's definitely been a, a trying time. But I'm pretty proud with how the community has been getting through it.
0: Oh, yes. This is one good thing about a small county. Everybody support one another.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%.
0: And I still remember back in April, Fairville Grill offered a free meal service to the student who cannot afford food.
1: Yeah, and um, the the entire summer, the uh, high school has been uh, basically having, you know, a, a food handouts for any child who, who doesn't have access to food during the days, um, whether it be breakfast or lunch, um and so they're still doing that for for any child who needs food um and you can just swing by and they'll give you a bag and and the the women who work in the cafeteria there are just the best and they're they're wonderful um
0: oh yes for sure
1: no you made a great point about the whole community coming together i've seen so many families post on facebook saying you know if if you're a working parent and you're unable to homeschool your kid during this time, drop him off at my house and I'll, I'll take care of him and I'll teach him for you for free, um, which I, I think is definitely a testament to how the people of the small town are really coming together to help each other.
0: This person, I need to give her credit for offering help, uh, Morgan Catton, if yes. you know her.
1: I love Morgan.
0: Yeah, uh, Miss Katton offered to teach students from grade eight through 12 on all subjects. And that's yes. very, very nice of her.
1: I've known Morgan since before I was in kindergarten because she's been my older sister's best friend since kindergarten. And she, ever since I first met her when she was like five years old, she always said, I want to be a kindergarten teacher. I want to be a teacher. I want to work with little kids. And so it really warms my heart to see her um, getting out there and, and offering to help teach these kids. And yeah, big shout out to Morgan. She's She's amazing.
0: During the fall semester, many teachers... Refused to come back. And Mm -hmm. the state of Georgia, I may be a little political. Hopefully, Apple, you don't flag me. (laughs) (laughs) They've been calling a lot of teachers crybabies and, you know, being lazy and stuff like that. This is unacceptable to those politicians.
1: Yes, I I completely agree. Um, We even saw some of that in our small town of of people who were angry at the teachers and, and saying that, you know, yeah, exactly what you said, They're crybabies, they're overreacting. But I mean, you, you saw people, teachers back in, in the beginning of this breakout thinking that, you know, they would have to get wills in place for their families just in case. And, and it's just a horrible situation um, to feel like you you had to, I don't know exactly where I'm going with that. But It it was a very sad situation, and I'm really glad that we've been able to uh, put steps in place to keep the teachers safer, although they are still showing up to school every day, um, because they're doing the the Google Meet virtual learning from uh, their own classrooms. But I definitely feel it's a lot safer than being exposed to all the kids, because you think a kid comes in with, with a cold, and it's like the whole class gets it, right? So you oh, can yes. only imagine with with a virus so deadly. Um, and, and one of the teachers have already gotten it and it's it's terrifying. And I think that was the wake-up call that the school needed to realize, oh my goodness, you know.
0: Totally. And my history teacher at the Georgia Academy for the Blind, she even ordered a plastic glass that's big enough to fit on her desk to prevent she, the virus from spreading. And she also wear masks.
1: Exactly. It's It's things like that that are just, the, the little precautions you can take. And
0: she also made up a good point that she used her money to buy hand sanitizers mm-hmm. and her money to buy masks just to keep the students safe.
1: Yeah, that's what you were saying on the hand sanitizer. I think that's, again, not to get too political, but I, I do think that is insane, you know? Um, the, the basic oh. precautions, and I feel like teachers should be well-equipped for, um, you know, in this time, especially, and, and they should get the funding they need just to be able to get hand sanitizer in their class or, you know, uh, but it it is very unfortunate. And I really just hope that we're taking all of the precautions we can to keep the teachers safe because they really are as, as cliche as it sounds, they really are shaping the the minds of, of the future Americans and the future generation. And We got to do everything we can to support them. So the new generation grows up to be great leaders.
0: For sure. Yes. And how many people at Clark County know how to operate a computer? Because I know that a lot of people are frustrated because they do not know how to use a computer. And this online thing has forced them to learn the skill that they need to learn like ages ago.
1: Yeah. So... I would say it's pretty much just the consensus of we all don't really know what we're doing. I feel like the students definitely have a bit of an advantage having grown up with all of this technology. Um, but I definitely do think there is a learning curve for both the students and the teachers, um, which we're we're slowly getting better at, but there is definitely still a, you know, how do you open up two tabs and have them next to each other type thing. but. <laughs> But we are we are slowly but surely getting there, um, but I don't think the students are too upset when the teachers don't exactly have the best knowledge on computers because it wastes a little class time. So I don't think they're complaining. But
0: oh yes, they're yeah, doing I, the
1: absolute best they can.
0: I asked that is because a lot of teachers that I've read on Facebook have to basically learn how to operate Zoom, and yeah, that's the main go-to for this pandemic. Yeah. Luckily, you know, I do not have to learn how to use Zoom during the pandemic because-
1: Exactly, you already had that down.
0: Yeah, because when I was in Clark County, I have this great teacher. Her name is Denise M. Robinson, Dr. Denise M. Robinson. And she switched to Zoom prior to the pandemic. And she taught all her students to use Zoom, to share their screen, and record a presentation, which I found pretty beneficial, especially during this pandemic.
1: I'll be quite honest, I didn't even know you could record, but now it makes a lot of sense.
0: <laughs> oh yes, you can record in a Zoom meeting and you can also share your screen. That's what I've been doing uh, during my podcast when it requires taking demonstrations. And let me show you. And this oh my is gosh. Yes, and to open up something, I, I can just press the shortcut. If I bring up the run dialogue, Windows R, run dialogue and type in word, we will t- just type in when word. word, word. it's
1: it the same wow. as
0: PowerPoint and Excel. Edit. And that's the screen share. So and you can you're also the tech
1: genius out of the two of us. I hardly know how to set an alarm clock on my phone, I'll be honest.
0: You know, everything takes time mm. to learn. Like I said in my introduction, I do not know how to use a computer when I first got it. So I I frustrated a lot and I messed up. And I remember last year, I completely did a factory reset with my files on storage. So that took a long time to get all my programs adjusted. I even lose my license for JAWS.
1: And oh my gosh.
0: How does Google Meet work for you?
1: Google Meet has been quite an experience, I'll say that. Um, it's it's working pretty well. There definitely is a lag, um, but I, I'm not quite sure if that's on my end or if it's on the teacher's end or if it's just, you know, trying to cram 30 kids into a, a, a Google Meet classroom at one time. Um but uh, in my experience, honestly, I quite like it. It's it's pretty nice to be able to wake up five minutes before a lecture and go downstairs in your PJs, and it is the upside.
0: Oh, my. You are fortunate.
1: <sighs>
0: in my school, we are told not to wear our PJs.
1: Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yes. Oh, no. Need- I
1: I'd do it all wrapped in a blanket and... Chillin, oh yeah. <laughs>
0: we need to look professional.
1: Oh I actually funny story, today I um I was in one of my Google Meet classes and I forgot to have my mute on and I was just snacking away eating some sour patch kid candies and my my teacher had to come on and I'm Emma, can you mute your mic? <laughs> oh I felt <laughs> so bad. I was I was Oh. other than the minor little uh, embarrassing things like that,
0: and it's been pretty good. Yeah, one of my classmates got called off twice. When did you start? Oh, I started school on August 24th. I was at the main campus for a week just to meet with my teachers and Mm -hmm. visit the campus. The Georgia Academy for the Blind is a school just for the blind. No deaf student, thank God, unlike Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) And the campus is kind of medium-sized and we each got a room to ourselves
1: oh okay
0: yeah very nice and i was there for a week wow. and many teachers asked whether i prefer online or virtual uh, or excuse me it's the same thing right <laughs> online <laughs> or uh on campus and i said i actually prefer online because this way I can use my quality equipment uh, for the class, such as yeah, a microphone. I, I yeah, I don't
1: blame you. I, I honestly, I do quite prefer online and I'm sort of dreading the day that we do have to go back in person. Um, I might be the only one in saying that, but it was quite nice.
0: <laughs> and it was pain in the neck at the School for the Blind. We are required to have our mask on. Except lunch and while we're in the dorm. So every time when you take off that mask, your skin feels very sensitive. Right. Every time when you touch your face, you can basically feel the roughness oh. on your face from your hands. Overall, that one week was a great experience for me. I met a lot of people and I even got a nickname Since I am good it? at since I'm good at jaws, the screen reader and NVDA, non-visual desktop access, and I help basically help troubleshooting a lot of the tech problems. And they gave mm-hmm. me a nickname of Mr. Jaws and and, um, and Mr. NVDA since I have my certification on uh, Jaws last year.
1: Mr. Jaws, hey, I love that. I'll and start calling you that.
0: After that, I, t- I after I told my sister that I got the name of Mr. Jaws, the first night. And the next thing I know, she began to use it on me. On the second day, when I called her, she said, Hey, Mr. Charles. And that. I love it. Drives me insane. I love it. But You love that? I helped a lot of teacher troubleshooting with their computer issues.
1: We, we need that.
0: And the reason why I'm, I'm able to operate a computer is because I. I taught myself how to use the basic of JAWS, such as browsing the web, and writing in Word in a clumsy way by going through every inch of the computer to get through an application. And last year, or 2018, my mom advocated for me to learn from Dr. Robinson. So the school is, is nice enough to hire Dr. Robinson to teach me and the instruction that I learned from her is to work your way smart, not hard, which is a good point. And she began yeah. to teach me how to use shortcuts within Windows.
1: Work smart, not hard.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And she even taught me how, how to clean up your computer disks and how to empty the temp folder, which I never know until a student of her uh, my friend showed me that in Windows, there is this spot that collect junks that uh, delay your computer. And I learned a lot from Dr. Robinson and by self-taught.
1: How do you self-teach? Would you just go through the tutorials on the programs or would you YouTube it or?
0: Oh website has been a best source. Freedom Analytics uh, okay. training page. Has been a great source of my self-taught at home instruction. Oh. Another source is a training page from the Daisy book. The Daisy book had all the sources that I needed for training. And plus I basically play with the machine. Nonstop <laughs> except when I need to eat and sleep
1: hey hands-on is the best way to learn
0: oh yes indeed and in 2018 update of jaws or march they integrated this feature uh, called command search i was also given the name by uh, this teacher who worked for dr robinson uh, nate kyle he called me a power user of jaws since i (laughs) take advantage of most of the features within jaws
1: If you're gonna pay for it you gotta get all your money's worth right
0: oh yes this piece of screen reader actually cost 1200 uh, for ho- oh,
1: my gosh.
0: for professional well, license. it's
1: well worth it you know
0: oh yeah yeah you pay the quality and the features oh, yeah. you also need to get a computer that have either eight to 16 gig of RAM just for JAWS to run on this particular system right. So that's one thing that I have been a user of JAWS and I actually got this license for free thanks to Freedom Scientific. And that's a story that I need to to tell my listeners. When I was in Freedom Scientific, actually when I was was traveling to Florida, I asked my mom whether we could visit the headquarter of Freedom Scientific. Back then, the company was in St. Petersburg, Gulf Coast. And I met this person, his name is Eric Damory. Eric damery is the software manager for JAWS. And I had a long discussion with him. And my mom also said that Virginia hasn't been a good help. And it took us a couple months to get a student version of JAWS on my computer. And he said, how about we provide you with a braille display JAWS and this way your license won't expire by the time October came. And a couple of weeks later, I was back to Virginia and the package was waiting for me already. So that's how I'm able to oh my
1: goodness.
0: own the full license of JAWS.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, and this is like another reason that I have been a loyal customer to Miss Farrell, Freedom Scientific, very nice company, and they also charge a lot on their product. And that's good to know that Clark County has been trying hard for the online schools.
1: Yeah, they most definitely have,
0: and a lot of support from the county residents.
1: Completely. Yeah. Um. You You come up to to the town and there's so many families that have put out uh, stuffed animal bears, whether it be on the porch or in the windows or they've put out signs that say, you know, have hope or um, whatnot to try to lift the spirits of, of the, the town members. And, and the kids love going on little scavenger hunts and looking in all the windows at the houses and seeing all the teddy bears. Um, it, it's definitely refreshing to see the, the town come together. In a time
0: like this, yeah, they're still active, and even even though even though right now we're in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Awesome, yeah, I I'm friends with a lot of teachers on Facebook, uh, from Clark County, such as my former science teacher and my former case manager. Uh, It's yeah, not gonna bring up the names. For now, I have been asking you a lot of questions, and we've been interacting back and forth. I wonder, do you have any questions that you want me to answer on my end?
1: Yeah, how is how is school going for you?
0: Oh, the school has been going great, you know.
1: And you're still online?
0: Oh yes, I will be online till October 23rd of 2020.
1: What, what are you using? You're using Zoom, correct? No,
0: I'm using this program called Microsoft Teams.
1: That's right.
0: It's driving me crazy and I'm about to <laughs> have it, but luckily I figured out the structure of this so sometimes it brings you to a dead spot that you can't really access with JAWS. So I end up turning on the virtual cursor to go back to the main page and use my arrow key to navigate.
1: How large are your class sizes?
0: Oh, uh, the maximum student. Uh, it's actually three to one ratio, three students for one teacher, except in wow. my science, except uh, in one science class that there are seven students
1: that's still an amazing ratio
0: oh my goodness yeah blind students in my opinion is hard to serve in right. school we are confident in all aspects of our lives except sometimes we need we just need extra help so three to one ratio is a very good idea for students to interact mm-hmm. with their teachers and there are also paraprofessionals in some classes that are hard to teach. I only have parapros in two classes, math and science. That's my two weaknesses. It requires a lot of hands-on and reading a lot of, especially in math, because in math, we have to learn another code called Nimitz named after Abraham Nimitz, which the numbers are dropped down one dot, from the literary braille. So it's very hard for a blind student to learn math without have to, without yeah, hands-on demonstration. Mutual. Yeah.
1: That is, I can't even imagine how they're going about teaching that. That's quite incredible that they even could. You know, yeah, like, I, I can't even imagine teaching a math class in general right now, <laughs> but to not be able to have, uh, what was it called again, the NIM? Nemeth, no it's Man- called
0: N-E-M-E-T-H.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's incredible what people are coming up with and, and how to transfer all this online. And I have more power to them.
0: And luckily, the teachers of sighted students can teach math easily online because they can just write things on the whiteboard or write it on a Word document using screen share in Zoom or Google Meet. Right. That's one thing that we need extra assistance. And I have two math class this year. One is the actual math class, Algebra 1, and the other is Algebra 1 Support, which we basically cover what we don't understand from the first period.
1: How many classes do you have in total?
0: Total, we have six, actually.
1: Oh, it's not too bad.
0: Yeah, each class is grouped into one hour per session. But we only, we typically use the first 20 minutes for troubleshooting on our technology and then the rest of the 45 minutes for actual instruction.
1: That sounds about similar to us right now too. And I'm sure the... The troubleshooting of technology that time will go down, and we'll have more time for actual instruction. But for right now, that's that's pretty much all we're doing.
0: I've heard people constantly saying technology is great when it's working.
1: Exactly. It's so funny you said that. My band teacher said the exact same thing today.
0: How does the band director teach band?
1: See, that's over an a question. That is an amazing question. And there's no real way to, you know, have everyone play their instruments at once at the house because you have oh, lag and connection issues. No. So it would be a mess. It would, drive, um, it would
0: make your intercom split.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And so basically what we've been doing is brainstorming ideas for the marching show and getting to meet the newer members and coming up with a plan um, for how the the school year is going to work. And and choirs doing a relatively similar thing where they're, um, because they they can't sing together either. Uh, So they've been watching um, other choirs and learning from that. And uh, it's it's definitely a a bizarre time to be a student, but an interesting one nonetheless.
0: So they basically, uh, I'm putting this into an analogy, they're basically watching a lot of uh, notations on how to play chess and not really have access to a chessboard.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: This is interesting to know. And this is about the same as uh, the virtual student who do electives with music related. But luckily, I don't know how they managed to do that. At the convention of the National Federation of the Blind, they sent out lyrics and melody to the Federation members, when they know how to sing, they record themselves singing the song and then send it. And they consolidate that segments from Federation members into a big sound file. And they played it at the convention. It was great. And
1: Oh, yeah. so, so they would like edit it and mash it together. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, they, post- they merged
1: we did something very similar. Um, or well, I guess not we, but the choir did something very similar at the end of last year because they couldn't have their final concert. Um, so student named Ash, uh, was able to splice the whole, got, got videos from everyone and and spliced it together and it sounded beautiful. Um, it's just unfortunate that there's no way you can do it in real time.
0: And you can certainly, I mean, if that's, valid, that you can, that the band director should send out notations to students for them to practice at home. And then when you have your winter concert, you just ask them to send out the pieces, that what they played, and then s- consolidate those recordings together in, into a-
1: Yeah, I feel like that would be a great project, actually.
0: Yes. And that the sound was good. great, actually. I listened to it. And they played it at the convention banquet, including, uh, between breaks during the National Federation of Blind's National Convention.
1: And the convention was online this year, wasn't it?
0: Oh, yes. We were pleased to have Nancy Pelosi, the 52nd Speaker of the House, to the convention, and John Lewis, of course, the recording I aspect.
1: That. I did, how did I not know that?
0: We... I first was not happy about it because the union speech crisis and my sister basically uh, told me the reason behind why that incident occurred. And I accepted. So, you know, things goes on normally. And plus Mm -hmm. if a Federation member wants to protest, they cannot do that because the program that we were using at that point called Zoom Webinar, similar to Zoom uh, Basic and the Professional, except it can accommodate more than 100 people. And that is one reason why I've been using Zoom for my interview is because it enabled me to customize things to make the Zoom program flexible. And when you have a professional account for Zoom, you can actually invite up to a hundred participants to the uh, meeting. And that's what I'm going to do when I uh, get my, when I get paid next month. So we're getting close to wrap up uh, the podcast episode. And as we wrap up this podcast as a tradition, do you have any advice to offer to my listeners on on online schooling? It it can be uh, anything from like how to, better configure your computer to work efficiently to uh, emotions. My
1: best piece of advice for online school, I would say, try to to stay organized, try to go easy on yourself. I know in such a hard time and such a confusing time, like what we're going through, not only politically, but with the virus, it can be really easy to get down on yourself and feel discouraged if if you're not doing as well in school as you used to, or um, if you find it hard to stay organized or focused during school. Um, So definitely try to go easy on yourself um, and, and set up manageable goals. You know, if, if you can make a planner and stay organized and think, Oh, today I'm going to do one assignment. If that's all you can do in that day, don't get down on yourself. You know, It's, it's a hard time for everyone. And, and you're allowed to to give your mental health a a uh, spotlight for a bit.
0: Awesome advice. Stay on. Stay on schedule is always the best when you're doing online because no one is in charge of you. You're on your own, and if you
1: exactly. don't
0: finish this assignment, then this is.
1: You got to hold yourself hard. accountable.
0: This is it for this edition of Michael's Weekly Perspective. And thank you for listening to the show. And if you have any questions or comments, please don't forget to call the listener line. And the number is 404-923-0115. You can also send me an email. And that email address is m-u-n-n-m-i-c-h-a-e-l, the number six and the number eight at gmail.com. And thank you, Emma, for coming to the studio and talk to me uh, about Clark County, online school for an hour
1: yeah, thank you so much for having me and congratulations on this being your 20th episode
0: oh thank you thank you